The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, I'm super duper excited to start this next podcast. Now, for those of you who don't know why we're doing these, let me give you a little background. We've done LEAP for the last 13 years at UCLA, and every year we get about 450 amazing students show up. This year, we had 1,000, not in person, but virtual. You know, LEAP was set up as a motivational leadership program for high school and college students aged 15 to 25 to basically teach them the skills that they need to be successful in life. How do we do this? We bring in amazing speakers like Neil, who's going to be on with us in a minute. In the past, we have had Eric Garcetti, our mayor, Anthony Hopkins, Paula Abdul, Mark Wahlberg, Kathy Bates, Michael Strahan, Apollo Ono, Usher, I mean, on and on and on. Next year's leap will be July 18th to the 25th. Hopefully it'll be in person. If not, it'll be virtual. And no matter what, if we can do it in person, we will do it in person and virtually forever on. I mean, it, it, it just, there's no reason not to. Like I said, we had over a thousand students participate this year. And one of the parts of LEAP that really ends up being the highlight every year is the mentor workshop. On Friday, it's kind of the pinnacle of the program. We give students an opportunity to sit with different mentors and literally ask them about their career, about their challenges, how they overcame them, the secrets of their success. And we bring in doctors and lawyers and engineers and scientists and actors and actors, you name it, they're there. And it's an amazing opportunity for our students to find great mentors. Finding a great mentor is probably one of the fastest ways to success that I know of. I mean, I was so incredibly fortunate to have great, great mentors in my life. So as a precursor to LEAP and to keep you guys educated and excited and informed and bringing your new friends and your new family, we started this podcast. How's it doing? Well, Believe it or not, we're number one in Yemen. We're number two in Iceland. We're number three in Finland. We're in the top 100 in 50 countries worldwide and in a category in the U.S. called family. And I don't even know how we got into that category. With 47,000 podcasts, we come in like 92 or 93. So it's really taken off. So please share this with your friends. Tell your friends and family and enjoy this. And today we're going to talk to one of my good friends, Neil Shore. I'm going to give you a little intro on Neil, and then we'll kind of get into this. Neil Shore has over 25 years of media experience as a principal and operating executive, and is the founding president and CEO of Triton Digital. They are a global technology and services leader to the audio streaming and podcast industry. Operating in more than 40 countries, they provide innovative technology that enables broadcasters, podcasters, and online music services like iHeart, 
Pandora, SoundCloud, and NPR to build their audiences, maximize their revenue, and streamline their operations. Neil is also a member of Southland chapter of YPO Gold, that's how we met. And he resides with his wife and three sons in the suburbs of California, Los Angeles. And it is with great pleasure that I introduce you to my friend, Neil Shore. Hey, Neil. Thank you, Bill. <clears throat> That's uh, so, what an introduction, by the way. Congratulations on that. So I, I didn't realize that you had over a thousand people. I participated in LEAP for a couple of years. And it's have. unbelievable. I love it. It's fantastic with a thousand people. Plus, being in the podcast space myself, having the stats that you just read, that's, uh, that's very impressive. Well, thank you. And you know what? One of the things I love about Neil is he lives by my motto. And my motto is learn so you can earn and then return. And he has come and helped at Leap for the last few years. And I know it's something that he'll do forever and ever and ever. It's one of these things that's addicting. I, you know, when Leap originally started, I did not run the program. The, the, the actual conception of Leap was there was this little insurance salesman. They called him Itsy Bitsy Haley. He was barely five foot tall. He was this dynamo insurance guy. And he realized that his best clients were dentists and they knew nothing about business. So he started Dental Boot Camp to teach dentists how to run a business. And out of Dental Boot Camp, people would come and say, wow, I wish there was a program like this for my kids. So he started an ancillary program and asked me to come as a mentor. After years of mentoring, unfortunately, Walter Haley passed away in his mid eighties. And I thought, you know, this is too important to die. And so we resurrected it as a nonprofit. We've had Leap going for the last 13 years. So I appreciate your participation in Leap. And I wanted to talk about what you do because when I first read about Trident I was like, I don't get it. And then you so succinctly explained to me the whole plumbing thing. And if you can explain that to our students, I think it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. And I, I expect that many of your students are users of digital audio and podcasting. So, uh, so they, might, uh, they might appreciate this. So uh, we are a technology company that provides the infrastructure, the plumbing, the behind the walls uh, pipes to make digital audio and podcasting work. So when you, the consumer, connect to a podcast or a live digital audio stream, it requires technology to make that happen. And we provide that to a very large percentage of the US market. And we're actually, uh, I should have updated my bio, we're now in 55 countries around the world. Similarly, we provide the data and analytics or the information regarding usage for podcasting and for digital audio for advertisers then to spend dollars with uh, podcast and with, um, with digital audio publishers uh, again around the world. So it's two prongs to our company and, uh, and you wouldn't know us because we're not consumer facing. So the brands that you mentioned, like iHeart, for example, we provide uh, a, a good portion of all that plumbing, to use the way you framed it, that uh, that make it work. So when you're uh, when you're connected to them, you're actually connected to them via us, which is uh, which is what we do. 
That's awesome. So I want to take it back to the beginning. <clears throat> you know, a lot of us come to leave, come up to my Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill, I have this great idea. And I listen to it and I'm not going to lie. Some of them are not great. <laughs> and I tell them, but some of them really are great. And they're like, I want to start a company. So I want to go back to the beginning, Neil. Like, first of all, what, what was your original idea? And A, how did you see that there would be a niche for this in the, in the market? And then B, how did you start your company? So I started my career in national spot radio, which was uh, basically a, a, uh, an agent for radio stations around the United States. I was based in Los Angeles. And after nine years and a really strong growth trajectory in a very traditional way, uh, you know, came in at an entry level, got promoted, got promoted again. I started to really get an entrepreneurial itch. And I started thinking, how am I going to scratch this itch? How am I going to give up what I have? It's one of those inflection points that, uh, that, that was really interesting. So, um, I wound up starting a company and, uh, and, and made every mistake that you can make when I started that, uh, that, that first company. Um, those mistakes are what helped drive and lead me to the recognition that audio, digital audio, was a wide open lane. This is about 2002, between 2002 and 2004. It was a wide open lane as everyone was thinking about video. So at that time, a lot of your uh, LEAP students might not remember Yahoo or AOL, some of those iconic brands that go way back, but they were dominating the video digital world and no one was talking about audio. So what I decided to do was really focus in on having a niche, uh, owning or dominating some little piece of this large digital world. And, uh, and that's what I did. So I started working on it in 2002, got more serious by 2004, and launched the company in partnership with Oak Tree Capital, a private equity firm, in 2006. It so was let, me just, let me just kind of back up, because I, I think that, that what you're talking about right now is such a critical thing, and a lot of students miss it. You know, you sat down, you, you're looking at this landscape, the landscape, and you see that there's this huge explosion in video, huge, you know, and everybody kind of ignored audio. Why? Because like radio was old school, right? Everything is video, but there actually was a huge niche there that wasn't being filled at all. So your idea was let those guys take the video. That's great. I want to find a place in the market to make this audio market streamlined, more effective, better. And so you started to develop technology and you started this company. So how did you actually start the company? I know you partnered with Oak Tree. They basically gave you money. But how did you really get the technology going? I know you're not like a super techie guy. Would you hire a bunch of technology experts? Like, How did you start it? So uh, I'm not a technologist. I understand enough about technology to have been able to start the company and have vision for purposes of, uh, of what you're asking and, and, for, uh, and for, the, the, uh, uh, 
for the LEAP students, it's, it's one of those things where you don't have to be perfectly right. You just have to have a little bit of courage. And that courage is what drove me to find that niche for digital audio, as you just described. And then from there, it was about hiring the right people, building the right teams, really having a vision for where this market was developing, but also not being afraid to make mistakes. I talk frequently to students and, uh, and, and, to, uh, and to colleagues about all the mistakes I make. And people are sometimes embarrassed about mistakes. I literally love the mistakes. If it weren't for the effort and the attempt and the trials and tribulations, some of which were wildly successful, some of which led to that success or helped me support that success, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. And what I find with students and young entrepreneurs is the fear of making that mistake. So I love hitting on directly that the mistake is what gives you the fuel. It's the education. It's the ability to actually then find the niche and to, uh, and to move forward. I'll tell you one quick aside. When I was going to audio, when the whole world was video, there was, very, uh, there was a CEO of a very large company. Let's call it CBS. Um, a, a very large, uh, the, the radio division, this guy, very dynamic, I, I love and respect him, came up to me and went, you know, Neil, what are you doing? Digital audio, no way, go get a job, like that type of thing. So not just from a uh, technology discouragement standpoint, but also there were people that were naysayers. Turns out two years later, uh, launched the company, CBS is still one of our largest clients, one of our uh, one of our, our biggest brands, although they've they've sold the radio division to Entercom. But the net of it is, although the forces may be against you, if you've got the vision, the courage, the conviction, trust your gut and try it. Let me ask, what was the pain point? Like, why did people need you? Why did they need your technology? Why did they need their, your company? I mean, obviously they needed it because you became the biggest in the world, but what was the actual need that you were fulfilling for these companies? So traditional radio broadcasters have these incredible brands, whether it's a Kiss FM or a K-Rock or a 1010 Wins or uh, these great brands in local markets, where they are limited to the broadcast area. So if you're, we're in Los Angeles, I'll just use that as an example. But if you're in Los Angeles, then if you, are, if you move away from Los Angeles or you're on some sort of mobile device, you're not actually on a traditional uh, uh, analog radio, you don't have access to that brand. So initially the brands, let's say again, say Kiss FM or, or K-Rock, wanted to be able to extend the content that they curate, that they develop into um, access anywhere. So right now, through our technology, you can listen to KISS FM morning show in anywhere in the world. You can be in Australia or Zimbabwe or anywhere you are, and you can connect without limitations of geography. So it expanded their business, but yet if you think about it, these are broadcast publishers 
They're not technology companies. So they needed a technology company that was going to provide them that infrastructure, the ability to take what they do really, really well and make it global, access anywhere through any device, anytime, anywhere. I love it. Okay, so you see a need, you put together a team, you develop a product, you now have this infrastructure, or as we called in the beginning, the plumbing. plumbing. How do you get clients? Like, what did you do after that? Because obviously, as a business, you need to sell something. So how do you go out and reach out to these companies like Pandora and iHeart and, and, and get them to actually use your product? So interestingly, when I first started the company, Pandora, Pandora barely existed. So obviously they're, uh, they're the, one of the largest in the United States now, but they barely existed. So we went door to door, station to station, publisher to publisher. So when we hired people, we hired technology people because we needed the technology, but then we hired the best possible market facing sales force that literally went this. and sat with general managers of radio stations and said, if you don't digitize, you are going to be in trouble. And the vast majority of them and said to us, you have no idea what you're talking about. Just like the CEO of CBS radio at the time said, you have no idea what you're talking about. So the first couple of years were a real struggle. Although we signed clients, the early adopters, it was really after, right around 2008 when people went, you know, those team, that team from Triton that came to see us, I think they're onto something. And then all of a sudden you saw the early adopters start having success. And that became what I call positively contagious. Positively contagious is one person tells another person. And then all of a sudden through our perseverance, but also really high quality technology, very high quality customer service, and the ability for us to just be genuine and authentic and not um, uh, uh, demanding, but really offering a service that we knew was going to be necessary. Between 2008 and 2012, we signed clients by the thousands. You know, that's so interesting. And that's what all these marketing people are counting on for these influencers. You know, it, we had a very similar experience with my company. When we started Discus Dental, we built the best whitening product on the market. The original products were really kind of sucky. They, they weren't great. They weren't packaged well. They were, there was nothing great about them. And then by a stroke of luck, some guy named Woody Oaks, who had a, a letter called The Profitable Dentist, used our product and loved it. And we were selling like onesies and twosies. And all of a sudden he publishes this letter to thousands of dentists saying the best whitening product on the market is night white. And overnight our phones exploded. We had hundreds and hundreds of orders. Our first year in business, we did over a million dollars in sales from nothing. For nothing because of this. So I think that that's a really great thing. You know, you put out a great product, you hire great sales reps, you get the sales reps. And as soon as those sales reps start making sales, you make sure the industry knows. Because here's a crazy thing about human nature. One of the things that drives us to buy isn't the ability to gain 
as much as the fear of loss. If I don't have this, I'm losing, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's powerful. That was a big part of what I was saying before and positively contagious. As soon as our early adopter clients started generating revenue and building what I refer to as their business within a business, the digital business within the traditional business and started to monetize and, and started to modernize quite a bit. It was everyone else that looked and said, oh boy, if I don't do that, it's going to really impact my business. And what wound up happening is exactly that. The early adopters, first leaders, then the next crew. And then all of a sudden you had the laggers. And the laggers, the cool thing about being in the digital ecosystem is even if you're a lagger, you can still catch up. So, um, so you haven't missed out on much. But for us, it's exactly what you said and what I was saying before, Bill. We just had a, uh, a, a absolute mission, vision, and value set for our company that was super defined. Uh, and even though we had to move around and pivot quite a bit and, again, made tons of mistakes, which uh, I'm, I'm really proud of, we wound up being the best in our category. So when other people came in and we invited competition because we were really good, we always beat our competition, not by lowering price or not by fear, but by just doing a better job, being deeply connected to our clients, by being really good listeners and being true to our knitting. I think that's so important. And, you know, one of the things in any business and, and from day one in dentistry, when patients came into my office, my goal was not to meet their expectations, but exceed them. Because on average, when you meet people's expectations, they walk away satisfied. When you exceed it is when they tell, you know, 10, 20, 30, and now with social media, hundreds of their friends. So that was really, really important. Um, Talk to me for a second about the company, the growth of the company. Just kind of give me a, a quick overview because I know you sold the company several times and that doesn't normally happen with the company. So we've, uh, we've built a, a, a big business that had multiple prongs to it. We, in 2013, started to, uh, to sell pieces of that. So we sold one piece of the business in 2013. We sold the digital business that, uh, that we're talking about now in 2015 from one private equity firm to another private equity firm. And then in 2018, sold it again to, uh, to a, a large media company, uh, which, uh, which is where Triton is, uh, is today. Um, you know, one of the interesting pieces that, that I always love to tell people is don't be afraid to ask for help. So even though I was building this business and I'm not a technologist, but I'm an entrepreneur that understands technology, it was all about building the right team and, and uh, build your people who build your business, one of my mottos, but also about asking for help. So as we were going through the transactions, uh, not just with great bankers, but as you mentioned, YPO and other networks of individuals that, uh, that are in my trusted uh, family, friends and family, it's, uh, it's critical to ask for help. Uh, saves time and money and saves the ability to make mistakes. And although I've mentioned that mistakes can be really good, they can also be really distracting and costly. So if you have the ability to ask for help to save those mistakes, that's that's yet even better. So the journey through the sale processes 
And uh, the building and then the sales processes of, uh, of the company have been fascinating, uh, but it's all about the people that I have chosen to surround myself with. Uh, I couldn't do this alone. I wouldn't know how to do it alone. And I have a team of the most trusted, loyal, dedicated, hardworking, uh, what, what we refer to now as the Triton family that I can't imagine having been on this journey uh, with, uh, with another crew. That's, that's amazing. If you could give one critical piece of advice to a future entrepreneur, what would it be? It sounds a little repetitive, but I would say reward mistakes, embrace mistakes, learn from mistakes, not terribly different from when you were a little kid and when your parents, you know, you fell down and you got a boo-boo and your parents taught you, you, you know, how not to fall down and, and do that again. Um, I literally send thank you notes to people in our company with, with gift cards. So thank you notes with gift cards for people that have the courage and willingness to say, raise their hand and say, Hey, I tried this, but didn't, didn't go well. Um, this extension of that is don't make the same mistake twice. So you I know love talking that, about mistakes, I, but don't make the same mistake twice. I love that. You know, we're all taught practice makes what? Perfect. Wrong. Practice makes permanent. <laughs> right? I like that. Yeah. And you're right. If you keep practicing the wrong thing, you get really good at doing the wrong thing. That's why you and mentors play such an important part in LEAP because that helps people learn. When you fail, when you do something the wrong way, don't do it again and again and again and again. You need to change. So you're right. Don't make the same mistake twice. I personally never fail. And it's not that I'm that arrogant. My philosophy is this. If I try something and it doesn't work out, that's not failure. That's practice. practice. Then you do it again differently and again and again and again and again until you finally succeed because you only fail when you quit. And since I will not quit, I will not fail. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I really... Uh... Really enjoyed spending our time together and, uh, and, and uh, I'm excited to support LEAP. Yeah, and thank you so much. And if students want to contact you, what's the best way to do that? Um, the best way to contact me is, uh, is through my personal email, which is uh, Neil Shore, N-E-A-L-S-C-H-O-R-E at uh, gmail.com. Great. Okay, we'll put that in the notes. And again, students, if you want to sign up for LEAP, we will have two programs that you can sign up for right now, the, the live program and the virtual program. If you want more information, just go to www.leapfoundation.com. With that, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the LEAP Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.